It starts with D and ends with T. That's dress, the greatest suds discovery in 2,000 years. Dress brings you the life of Riley. Dreft, D-R-E-F-T, Dreft, Procter & Gamble's sudsing miracle for washing silks, woolens, nylons, dishes, presents The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. <laughs> this evening in the Riley's little California bungalow in the living room presents a cozy picture of family life. Junior Riley is busy with his homework. Daughter Babs is knitting, Mrs. Riley is engrossed in the evening newspaper, and the master of the house is sitting in his easy chair, looking forward to a pleasant evening in the bosom of his family. Well, son, what's new? Uh, how's school coming? I, I guess you... Shh, Pa. You trying to figure out this algebra problem. Oh. Well, Babs, what's new? Uh, well, what's that you're knitting there? Looks like a... Quiet, Daddy. I'm counting stitches. Oh. Well, Peg, what's new? Uh, what'd you do today? Uh, anything exciting happen? Uh, Peg. Huh? You may not feel like talking, Peg, but the least you can do is be polite like our kids and tell me to shut up. Oh, I, I'm sorry, dear. I didn't hear you. I was reading this serial story in the paper. Story in the... What story? It's called Marriage Can Be Beautiful. Oh, fiction. <laughs> it's by Helen Graham Starling. She writes the most wonderful stories about love. Love? I thought you said this story was about marriage. Well, can't it be both? Well, what's it about, Mother? Well, it's about a man and a woman who've been married over 15 years. Over oh, 15 years? They were just like us. And they have two children. Two children, just like us. The husband's a very brilliant man, very successful and very rich. Two children, just like us. <laughs> well, is it very dramatic, Mother? Oh, very. Their marriage breaks up. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of bunk. Well, what do you know about it, Junior? You're still a bachelor. <laughs> well, at that, it does sound like a lot of bunk. Why should they split up, Peg? Oh, it takes too long to tell. Read the story. Me? Read that junk? <laughs> well, don't be so snooty. You might learn a few things. Learn what? After all, our marriage ain't splitting up. We're still crazy about each other, aren't we, Dumplin? Of course, when we first got married, we were really crazy. <laughs> but... <laughs> That's life. The fire may go out, but the clinkers are still warm. <laughs> well, that's what the husband in this story thought. But life isn't always so simple. You see, the wife was really stuck on another man, and she didn't know it. Oh, well, well that's just different. We're stuck with each other, and we know it. <laughs> but there's one thing I don't get, Peg. If Riley, this woman... I've got to do the dishes. If you want to know more, read the story here. Oh, I wouldn't waste my time. That's trash. And I'm particular about the kind of trash fills my head. And despite the passage of 15 years of married life, Mary still clung passionately to the belief that a husband should cherish his wife and treat her like a devoted gardener treats a delicate flower. You, Mr. Riley. <laughs> Are you in? No, I'm in here, Waldo. Come in, come in. How's my little friend and neighbor? Oh, my sagging sacroiliac. Your wife again? Yeah, she took me downtown to buy me a new suit. Oh, we had an awful time. She had to drag me all the way there. 
Waldo. Why, Waldo? Don't you want to buy a new suit? Yes, but not in the boys' department. <laughs> you mean the sheets? Yes, yeah, just to save a few dollars. And what's more, to fool the salesman, she makes me call her mother. Well, that's pretty silly. She don't look like your mother. Well, that's what I thought. So I called her father. <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, you sure got it tough, Waldo. Oh, I could write a book about marriage that would be devastating to the entire institution, of which I'm an inmate. Yeah, I bet you'd write better stuff than what they got here in this newspaper, Waldo. Listen to this. The husband should cherish his wife and treat her like a devoted gardener treats a delicate flower. What does she want me to do, put my wife in a flower pot and pour water on her? Well, you, you mustn't take it literally. It just means that women are romantic creatures and they like to be courted constantly. Oh, baloney. Take my pay. I wish I had a dollar for every time I tried to kiss her and she said, stop pestering me. No, these writers don't know about real life. Well, maybe, but now this story does seem interesting. Listen to this. Hmm? After 15 years of matrimony, it seemed to Mary that their life was a hollow mockery. She inwardly despised John, but John, wrapped up in himself, never realized. He never realized? Well, that's ridiculous. If Peg ever stopped loving me, I'd know it in a minute. How? Well, say I was coming home from work, huh? Yeah. I open the door. Yeah. No furniture. I look in the closet. No clothes. Everything is gone, including Peg and the kids. And there's a note pinned on the door saying, Goodbye forever. I'd know then and there that we're drifting apart. <laughs> Well, that's not the way it happens in this story. Now, uh, listen. Mm -hmm. Then, one evening, Mary could hide her true feelings no longer. She didn't love John, and she didn't care if he knew it. Her laugh was tinged with bitterness. As she ridiculed him, I'm afraid you're getting old, John. <laughs> that beats everything. I'm afraid you're getting old, John. What does she want John to do after 15 years? Get younger? <laughs> No, but some men, well, you know how they are when they get on in years. They get stuffy and settled and never want to go anywhere. Uh-huh, not me. I'm always taking peg places. Why, tomorrow night I'm taking her to my club's dance. With all the trimmings. Corsage, taxi, midnight snack on the way home. Oh, that's fine. What, you're still romantic towards your wife. Yes, sir. Tomorrow night it'll be just the same as it was 18 years ago when I first took her out. She's even paying for it. <laughs> Dumplin', Don't I dumpling me. I was never so humiliated in all my life, taking your shoes off at the dance. Well, gee, dumpling, my feet hurt. Well, I don't see why. You didn't dance once all evening. No, but the free sandwiches were at the other end of the hall, and I made ten trips. <laughs> oh, it was bad enough you took your shoes off. You even had to go and forget that you took them off. Oh, what harm did I do? What harm? The one time you do decide to honor me with the dance, there you are in the middle of the floor in your purple socks. Well, nobody knew they were socks. Mrs. Greenberg even said, My, such pretty facts. Oh. <laughs> Riley, why can't you act like you used to when I first met you? Well, don't I? Why, when we were engaged, you were so attentive and thoughtful and unselfish. But we're married now. Why be a hypocrite? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know mean... what you mean. No, you were just putting on a big act because you were afraid I might marry somebody else. <laughs> like that Sidney Monaghan, I suppose. Yes, Sidney Monaghan. Now, wait, Peg. 
Can't we have a nice peaceful argument without you always dragging in that big four-flusher? I'm sick of hearing how he was your boyfriend. Well, I didn't bring it up. Well, anyway, I wasn't worried for one minute you'd marry him. I knew you wouldn't let me go. <laughs> I owed you too much money. Trouble is, you're like a lot of men. You just take your wife for granted. Now, Peg, you know that's not true. Yes, it is. Oh, Riley, I'm afraid you're getting old. All right, so I'm getting old. Her laugh was tinged with bitterness as she ridiculed him. I'm afraid you're getting over, John. No, I ain't. I ain't. It's a lie. Riley, what are you yelling about? I just... I know. I heard you. I guess you're right. I, I just didn't realize. A husband should cherish his wife and treat her like a delicate flower. Riley, what's the matter? You look so funny. I never realized. Honest, I want to be a devoted gardener. Wait, let me pour water on you. What? Uh, Nothing, sweetheart. But, Mr. Riley, your wife probably didn't mean anything by what she said. Well, maybe not, Waldo, but all the same, I want to find out what happens in today's installment. Go ahead, read the rest. All right. Well, let's see now. Oh, yes. As the days passed, John began to feel more secure. But he couldn't forget that Mary had said he was getting old. Deep within the innermost recesses of his brain, the thought gnawed and gnawed and gnawed. And then one day it happened. He was brainless. Oh, the doorbell rang, and when John opened the door, he felt a cold chill of premonition. There stood the man who had once wooed Mary and almost won her, Carter Chapman Chadwick, the celebrated poet. A smile on his handsome, sensitive face. Oh, a poet. Well, I've got nothing to worry about. They don't know any poets. <laughs> uh, now, uh, Mary's voice throbbed with a new happiness as she greeted Carter. And when at length Carter spoke, his words were exquisite beauty, just poetry. Oh, fairest flower on yon pristine bank. Ah, that's enough, Waldo. Hand me this fourth page. I was silly to think my marriage was beginning to crack up. I wish Leo DeRocha was in as good a shape as my marriage. <laughs> Riley. Who? Sidney Monaghan. Oh, Sidney, when'd you get into town? Oh, that's nice, but you must get together with Riley and me sometime. Oh, where are you staying? Oh, yes, I know the hotel situation's awful. Well, no, it, it wouldn't be too much trouble. Um, look, uh, Sidney, you, you keep trying to get a room, and if you don't have any luck, you give us a call. <laughs> oh, oh, go on with you, Sidney. <laughs> Goodbye. Was that Sidney Monaghan, Mother? Oh, yes, he's in town on business. Pop isn't going to like it if he stays here. Well, I'm not crazy about the idea either, but after all, he is an old friend of the family. Yeah, but if I know Pop... Well, he... let's cross our bridges when we come to him. Sidney will probably find a hotel room, so let's not say anything to annoy your father. Hey, 
I'm home. Oh, hi, Where were you late? Yeah, I had a little discussion with Waldo. Oh, something important, dear? Mm, well, no. You know how it is. Sometimes even the most intelligent men get foolish ideas. And I can be as foolish as the most intelligent man. <laughs> but what was wrong? Well, 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 this will hand you a laugh. I, I actually began to think that you and... Oh, I'll get it. <laughs> I actually thought that maybe you and I were... Greetings and salutations, folks. Roll out the carpet, little Sydney's here. <laughs> Couldn't get a room, so here I am, you lucky people. Monahan! When John opened the door and saw who stood there, he felt a cold chill. Shut the door, I'm freezing. <laughs> Riley, old pal. Yes, sir, you're a sight for sore. You're a sight. <laughs> there he stood, a smile on his handsome, sensitive face. Peggy, let me look at you. Yep, like I always say, roses are red, violets are blue. If you weren't married, could I go for you? <laughs> and... When at length Carter spoke, his words were exquisite poetry. Oh, Sidney, how are you, dog? And how are you, kid? Oh, huh? I'm just fine, Mr. Myers. Ah, Junior, you're getting to be quite a little man. Ah, I wish I had a son like you. And Babsy, pretty as a picture. Ah, I wish I had a daughter like you. And Peggy Pie. Stop where you are, you ugly baboon. <laughs> and wipe that smile off your handsome, sensitive face. Draft will bring you the second act of the life of Riley. It's the new draft march, folks. Listen. Ready? Draft. Draft. Draft your dishes and oh, how they shine. Shine without wiping in half of the time and look bright. Right. No, don't you get left. Get draft. Yes, women everywhere are joining the march to draft. Procter & Gamble's sudsing miracle that gets dishes so clean they shine even without wiping. You'll really love it, ladies. This marvelous new kind of suds offers tremendous advantages over any soap you ever use. It's a well-known fact that all soaps leave a cloudy film on dishes that must be polished off. Well, Dreft is the first suds in history to actually rinse clean and clear. Yes, dishes and glasses come out of amazing Dreft suds, sparkling as no soap could ever get them. You'll be delighted, too, the way Dreft gets rid of dishpan grease. It vanishes like magic. Dreft's kind of your hands, too. So, ladies, for dishwashing miracles no soap could ever do, get Dreft, the amazing suds discovery that's backed by the Procter & Gamble name on every package. First thing Monday, ask for Dreft at your grocer's. Sure, don't get left. Get Dreft. And now back to the life of Riley with William Bendix says Riley. Right now, a very worried Riley is coming up the walk, completely absorbed in today's installment of the serial story, Marriage Can Be Beautiful. John's work was beginning to suffer. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. Always there was that horrible fear that his wife and Chadwick would... He didn't even dare put it into words. He recalled his panic one day when he came home after a grueling day at the office, only to find an empty house, still and deserted as a dusty tomb. Mary was out. Chadwick was out. Robert and little Lorraine weren't in the nursery. Even the Japanese houseboy, Yoshihiro, was gone. 
For a dreadful moment, John... Oh, I'm home already. Peg, I'm home. Hey, hey I'm home. Peg. Sydney. Beth. Junior. Yoshihiro. <laughs> See, that's funny. Nobody's home. Well, I guess they'll be back soon. Where was I now? Oh, yeah. For a dreadful moment, John thought his worst fears had been realized. But no. Through the French windows, he caught a glimpse of them in the garden. Whew, that's better. But the next night, matters rapidly came to a head. Mary and Chadwick arranged things so that John would be away from the house all evening. They would be alone at last. Now John knew there was only one thing to do to be continued tomorrow. That's a good one, Sydney. Oh, hiya, Pop. Say, Pop, you know what Sydney said. Never mind what Sydney said. Where were you? Well, didn't you see my nose? Sydney took us all to a matinee. Oh, it was a wonderful play. And afterwards, Sydney bought us all sodas. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. That's all I've been hearing around here. I live here, too, and the name is Riley. And I like to hear it mentioned once in a while. Riley, uh. give Sydney $9 for the theater tickets. <laughs> No, 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 I won't hear of it. The party was on me. Oh, gosh, Pop, it was a terrific show. You mustn't miss it, Riley. Here, I bought you a ticket for tonight. It's on me, kid. Oh, you love it, Riley. Well, say, thanks, Sid. Thanks. Say, you're okay. I feel like seeing a play tonight. I appreciate... Mary and Chadwick arranged matters so that Riley would be away all evening. Oh, no, you don't... What's the matter, Riley? You want me to go to this play tonight alone? Yes. Well, what about you and Sydney? Well, we saw the play. Well, we'll stay home. In that case, there's only one thing for me to do. What? I, uh, oh, I finally had tomorrow's paper. <laughs> trouble, trouble, trouble. Nothing but trouble. I wish someone would tell me when my troubles would end. That's only a question of time, believe me. <laughs> Who's that? It is I, Digby O'Dell, the friendly undertaker. <laughs> oh, I didn't see you, Digger. Greetings, Riley. You're looking fine. Very natural. What are you doing around here, Digger? Oh, I was working late tonight. With a man from the income tax department. <laughs> they claimed I had some hidden assets. So I've been digging up figures. <laughs> but what brings you abroad at this hour? Listen, Digger, I need advice. There's a guy trying to break up my home. Oh, that's bad. Years ago, a cad tried to steal my wife. But I got rid of him by imitating Humphrey Bogart. I said, scram, bud, or I'll take you for a ride. Well, well, would that scare a guy? It does when I say it. <laughs> Riley, if your home is threatened, you must act. Confront this villainous beast. If it were me, I'd flatten him. Well, that, that's the trouble. I can't be sure. If I was, I'd settle him all right. Oh, if you're not sure, don't act hastily. In our profession, we have a saying. If you're in doubt, never lay anyone out. 
I'm all mixed up, Digger. Maybe Peg don't love me anymore. Maybe she loves this other guy. Ball today. No, Monahan. <laughs> oh, it's awful, Digger. Peg said I was getting old. What does that prove? Now take me. The older you get, the more I love you. Well, maybe you're right, Digger. Maybe I'm just imagining things on account kind of that story. What story? Oh, sure, that's it. It's just a fig newton of my imagination. <laughs> After all, Sidney ain't Carter Chapman Chadwick and Peg ain't Mary. I'm forgetting all about it right now. Bully. I won't even read tomorrow morning's installment. As far as I'm concerned, it's dead and buried. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> sure. As if Peg and Sidney would... <laughs> Boy, I'm a joke. <laughs> hey, Digger, how about coming home with me for a cup of coffee, eh? Well... Come on, I feel like celebrating. We'll have a little party. Get around the piano, sing the old songs, eh? Well, it's been a dull day. It might be fun to relax with some live people. <laughs> Come along. We'd better be shoveling off. late, Mom. Where's Pop? I don't know. He said he was going for a walk. Well, I wonder why he didn't want to go to the play. Oh, you know your father and his moods. I'm glad Sidney's leaving tomorrow. Oh, is he leaving, Mom? Yes, that's why I went downtown to see about a hotel room. Why does Pop act so funny about Sidney? Well, he's jealous, stupid. Bad. Well, it's true, Mother. Well, <laughs> I guess it is. He, he just can't forget that Sidney was my boyfriend before he came along. What's he got to be jealous about? Junior, don't be infantile. <laughs> you see, Junior, when two people are very much in love, there's bound to be a little jealousy sometimes. And your father and I have been in love for 18 years. Boy, I must get monotonous. <laughs> oh, I guess that's Daddy. Greetings and salutations, folks. Oh, it's you, Sidney. Oh, did you get the room? Yep, you're losing your star border tomorrow. Oh, here, I got tomorrow morning's paper. Anybody want it? Oh, let me see it. I've been following the story, and I want to see how it comes out. Let's see. Oh, here it is. Mother, are you reading Marriage Can Be Beautiful? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what's oh, the joke? This story gets sillier and sillier. Just listen to this. Can you imagine a woman talking this way? Oh, Carter, I can't stand it any longer. Life with John is just agony. Agonizing agony. <laughs> How can they write drivel like that? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, listen to this part. Huh? Oh, Carter, my sweet. If you only knew what I've endured all these years. <laughs> the heart-rending pain. The torture of a life without love. Well, come on in, Digger. I'll have the coffee, Perkins, and Jiffy. Good. Don't forget, I like mine black. <laughs> Go on, Peggy. Let's hear the rest. Oh, Peg's in the living room with good old Sidney. Uh, let's have your coat, Digger. I hate him. Hate him, do you hear? I hate him. <laughs> Mrs. Riley seems perturbed. Yeah, who can she hate like that? I can't stand it any longer. I've loathed every single minute I was married to him. Oh, she means me. Well, let's go into... <laughs> me! Digger, she can't mean me. Of course not. I can't endure his stupidity any longer. She means me. <laughs> oh, Digger. Steady, man. Go on, Bag. He doesn't love me. He doesn't know the meaning of love. He only married me for my money. Oh, what a lie. 
She only had $47 when I met her, and I spent all that before the wedding. Carry me off with you, beloved. I can't stand another moment with him. I want to be your wife. Oh, Tigger, I'm dying. Let's not talk shop. He's a beast. A vile beast. A husband like that should lose his wife and get a good punch in the nose. You hear that, Tigger? I'm going in there and tear him apart. I'll kill him. And I'll pick up where you leave off. <laughs> I'll fix that double feeling. Here I am, you sneak. Let's see you punch me. What? Riley, what on earth you did you... stay out of this, Mary. I'll fix you, Carter, Chapwick, Chadwin. Chap... Riley, what's the gag? I'm coming at you. Oh, oh, he hit me with a brick. You ran into the fireplace. <laughs> Riley, what's the matter with you? Have you gone crazy? I heard you. Helen Chadwick, I, I, I mean Sydney, just like in the story. Oh, you thought... Oh, Riley. Well, I was just reading it to Sydney. Riley, you mean that you thought... Oh, <laughs> oh, Wait a minute. You were just reading the story? You don't love Sydney? You don't think I'm a vile beast? Of course not. What a revolting development this is. <laughs> Digger, did you hear that? It's all a mistake. Oh, I feel like such a fool. Let this be a lesson to you, Riley. Always look before you leave. Otherwise, you're liable to end up like my friend Granger, whose epitaph reads, quote, Granger bought a bicycle on his wedding day. He kissed his blushing bride, and then he rode away. He peddled no hand near a hole marked danger. Now the hole is covered, and so is Granger. <laughs> Riley's will return in a moment. Yesterday, Bab said to me, you know, Mr. Carpenter, nice, sheer-looking stockings and pretty lingerie really do something for a woman. Well, I know all you women agree with Babs 100%. And that's why you want to dress your nice washables. Dress gives brighter, fresher, safer cleaning than any suds before in history. Yes, nightly dress washing makes stockings look sheer as new, lovelier than with any soap you ever use. As for pretty new sweaters, why, dress washes them softer and fluffier than you ever dreamed possible. Several dress suds do wonders for underthings, too. Helps keep them bright and gay, washing after washing. The reason is, dress never leaves a dulling soap deposit in fabrics the way all soaps do. Dress suds rinse clear. So for a longer, lovelier life for your nice things, use dress. Don't get left, get dress. Well, you're feeling better, dear. Yeah. Thanks, Dumplin, for forgiving me. The only thing is, I, I can't figure out how my fist missed Sydney and my head hit the fireplace. <laughs> I'm afraid you're getting old, Riley. Yeah, I, I guess that. Her laugh was tinged with bitterness as she ridiculed him. I'm afraid you're getting old, John. Oh, shut up. I ain't going to go through that again. <laughs> Gamble, makers of Draft, the sizing miracle for Silks, Nylons, Woolen's Dishes, invite you to be their guest next week to hear The Life of Riley with William Bendix as Riley. The Life of Riley is produced by Irving Brecker and is directed by Don Bernard. Music by Luke Kozloff. The script by Reuben Shep, Alan Lipscott, and Jack Brecker. 
Mrs. Riley is Paula Winslow, Digger O'Dell is John Brown, Junior is Tommy Cook, Babs is Barbara Eiler, Waldo is Dink Trout, and Sidney is Lou Merrill. This is Ken Carpenter inviting you to listen again next week to The Life of Riley and reminding you for faster, brighter, safer cleaning than any sides before in history, use draft. Don't get left, get draft. Hi there, one glamorous hair. Then listen to this. For lovely, shining hair, use green shampoo. For brilliance, glamour, you'll see what we mean. Because your hair can have that dazzling sheen. The very first time that you use green. Never before, Dreen, could any shampoo leave your hair so lustrous, yet so easy to manage. Green is not a soap shampoo, leaves no dull film, as all soaps do. Yes, your hair can have that dazzling sheen. The very first time that you use green. Yes, green. Listen again next week when Draft, the sizing miracle for silks, nylons, woolens, dishes, brings you the life of Riley. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. <laughs>